we're back. Well, just to tell you about a new podcast, While You Were Napping, a show focused on our growing family. In this first episode, we're talking about Black Breastfeeding Week and my experience with breastfeeding. If you want to hear more, search While You Were Napping right here or anywhere you listen to your podcasts. So Fat, talk to us about Black Breastfeeding Week. I know there are two breastfeeding awareness weeks in August at the beginning of the month, but then you have, and we're currently in Black Breastfeeding Week. So what's the significance and importance of Black Breastfeeding Week? Well, I'll talk to you about my experience and why I felt it was so important, but you know, I went online just to kind of see what, what everyone else was saying and, and, and trying to get a better understanding for myself as well. And so I found some interesting facts. And so one of them was that there is a higher mortality rate with black African-American um, babies um, when you're comparing that to white babies. And that's, I think, twi- sometimes it's twice as likely for mortality rate and sometimes three times as likely, depending on what state you're in. Um, so that's uh, a big indicator why it's so important to bring awareness. I think breastfeeding can have a lot of health benefits for babies. Um, so that was one that I found. Um, the other one was just around the high rates of diet-related diseases in black children. Um, just naturally with breastfeeding, I think there um, is a lot of um, benefits with, you know, the it's the whole thing with the supply and demand and how the baby is only going to consume as much as um, that they want versus with a bottle, you might potentially breastfeed or, sorry, bottle feed a little more to your child um, than they actually need. Um, the other thing that I found was the unique um, cultural barriers among black women. So I'll go into this a little bit more as we talk about it, but I think that it's not as prevalent in the African-American community. So um, just trying to make sure we give enough information to let African-American black women know that this is an option for them, um, as well as the diversity within the industry as well. So it was important for me to find someone that I felt comfortable with. And so what that means for a lot of black women, too, is to having someone that looks like them. And that's not the case when you're looking for help and you're seeking for advice, especially in the lactation field. And then the last point that I found was the desert-like conditions in black communities. So we can go on and on even outside of just finding the appropriate formula for your child, but just the food deserts that's located just across the city where you can't find fresh fruits and vegetables, et cetera. Um, So the options in trying to find a formula that works for your baby just might not be located in the community that you're in. So what made you choose to breastfeed? I guess before we get into why I chose to breastfeed versus bottle feed, I guess the choice of just ultimately wanting to be a mom. And I said this multiple times. I, you know, once I got to a certain age where I was able to babysit my siblings, um, I loved it. Uh, My youngest siblings, as I mentioned in the post, they probably thought that I was like drunken with power. (laughs) Um, I don't think that has changed. No, that has not changed. Um, In many ways, I probably still uh, tend to go towards (laughs) treating them like they're my little children. Um, But, you know, they're grown adults now. Um, So just making sure, like picking them up from middle school, getting them their snacks, um, making sure they did their homework. Like, I just love the idea of just having these little humans that followed my 
direction. <laughs> I can only imagine your younger siblings as little kids. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, um, so that made me want to be a mom. And so then, you know, what came with um, being a mom and what my image of being a mom, obviously I had my own mother. Um, so that nurturing type of personality and stuff, that's something that I always wanted to bring to the table. But then all like the bells and whistles and I guess the materialistic things as it came or so I thought materialistic things that it came to being a mom like the stroller. So as a, you know, a, a little kid, I had the play stroller, the the baby <laughs> dolls. I think my mom was pretty good with like finding us a black baby doll and a white baby doll. That was never like um, an issue. And then the this bottle. And I still remember to this day I had this bottle that when you tilted it, the milk would kind of disappear. I'm not sure what kind of crazy technology they had back in the 90s, the early 90s. But you tilted the bottle and somehow the milk disappeared or at least it looked like it was disappearing when you fed the baby. So, you know, here I thought, okay, you know, this is my image and I'm not really, you know, choosing anything. This is just the image that was put in front of me of, of the way I was supposed to care for my child. So really breastfeeding never really crossed my mind until... I was close to or actually pregnant with our son mm-hmm. um, where I was like, okay, like what am I going to do? And so you start looking up things. I had um, a what to expect when you're expecting and in the first year book and one of the options was breastfeeding. And so I thought, okay, looking up all of the benefits of breastfeeding and what I can give to my baby, I was like, well, let's try it out. I'm not, I don't have much experience about it, but Let's go ahead and let's do it. Mm-hmm. And it was free. Uh, <laughs> uh, I hate. I don't know. <laughs> do you are going to get yourself into a lot of trouble? It is not free. You remember me? Uh, I do. It is a lot of time, a lot of energy, a lot of tears. Um, it's if you consider my time free, then mm-hmm. yeah, then that's it's not free <laughs> at all. Um, I think there was many times that I thought, okay, let me just let's just get out of it. Let's just make sure, let's just go to the store and find some formula because the hours and the time taken and the pain and blood split and tears, literal blood at times. Um, So uh, no, it's not free. I just think that I wanted to give that special benefit to, to our son. Mm -hmm. So you had this image of, of what being a mom looked like, but can you explain and talk about some of the cultural barriers that affect that could affect black women and breastfeeding? Yeah. And so when I started to look into this a little bit more, especially this year, because I wanted to talk to the topic um, a little bit more, I learned some history behind breastfeeding and how a lot of women um, who their slave owners, black women, their slave owners would require them to breastfeed their babies for them. Um, So whether the parent or mom couldn't or chose not to and in many cases they had to breastfeed either they were not allowed to breastfeed their own child or they had to restrict one breast to the slave owner's baby and then to their own baby so you know this was if you think about this and how objectifying and how terrible something like this is and overall slavery obviously um, where you're not able to give your own benefit to your the child that you gave birth to. And so I think um, when you have such trauma around 
this topic, um, I think that, you know, naturally, you know, there are just things that's going to deter a community away from breastfeeding their own child because they were forced to breastfeed their slave owner's children. And so something that, you know, I never really thought about until I started to do the research and maybe generally, you know, maybe my mom didn't feel that direct impact. I don't feel that direct in impact, um, but somehow it came down the line, obviously. And so when you have generations just not breastfeeding, you kind of turn to another way, another way to feed your kid. Yeah. And I mean, we didn't really have much options too. So I started looking to this even more. And so uh, when, you know, there was a time where, you know, wet nursing uh, nurses was very popular. And so um, I think this was 1890. Um, you can find all the dates. I'm not going to give you a history lesson right now. Um, but, you know, wet nursing was very prevalent for improv, improv, impoverished women. <laughs> um, so, you know, they turned to this profession in order to support their families. And so what that meant was that they would leave their child home to go and breastfeed another wealthy woman's child. Um, and so obviously there was that social divide and racial divide as well. So that meant that white babies were living longer or living and black babies weren't. And so um, you have that and then you have around the same time, you know, you, you know, a decade later where, you know, industrialization, um, you started to happen and a lot of women going to work in the factories, et cetera. So here you, you know, now they have other job opportunities. Another thing that's taking, you know, them away from their children in order to breastfeed. And if anyone knows anything about breastfeeding and I'm not going to even try to pretend that I'm an expert, but there is an element of supply and demand where you, you know, as you breastfeed your baby more, your body knows and triggers to produce more milk and vice versa, whereas you breastfeed less. So obviously your milk supply would go down if you're not with your baby all the time. And so a lot of women found that they weren't producing enough um, milk. And so there were efforts to come up with another substitute to help moms, which was formula. And so that became more prevalent and, and popular and so women would then start to substitute with formula and then choose that over breastfeeding. So, um, you know, that's my short little brief history <laughs> about it. Um, I do encourage people to read more. There's so much material out there about it. And so with the challenges we face today, talk about maybe some of those challenges you think moms face today and a recap of your overall experience starting out. Um, breastfeeding and then going back to work. Yeah, and I think that there's an element of challenges that exist for both, you know, African American or Black women as well as white women. Um, but I think it's even more um, uh, prevalent with Black women specifically. And so, you know, one of the main challenges, as I mentioned before, is just um, being able to, f you know, have that information or know that's a choice from the get go when you're pregnant and you or even before you have children that okay this is something that I'm going to aim to do versus finding it out within you know even if you find it out at the beginning of your pregnancy you you know you have nine months um if God willing before you give birth and so you need to um 
do your research and feel comfortable about it. And if you're, you haven't seen it in your community, it's going to feel very intimidating. So being a mother, you, you're going to go or your instinct is to go to something that you know. And so we see it all over television when we were younger. We, you know, we saw our, you know, aunt, you know, aunts or uncles or whoever, people in our family feeding their babies with bottles. And so you're going to go towards that. So, um, and, and that I feel like it's more prevalent in the black community. And so, um, you know, when you're under so much stress and you just gave birth to your baby, um, you know, you want to turn to something that you know. Um, so I think that's a unique challenge for us. I think also just being in the hospital um, and the the staff and the people who are supporting you and helping you and turning around and being like, okay, like, once again, you're in a vulnerable state. Do you feel comfortable with, you know, the people that are assisting you in this major life decision? And a lot of the time, these women don't look like you. Um, so they don't, you know, represent maybe who your mother or your aunt uh, might be that you would get advice from, etc. And so if you can't break through that barrier, um, sometimes it's hard to, you know, let go and, 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 and trust the process and be able to, uh, you know, move forward with this decision. You know, lucky for me, I had such caring um, and an amazing hospital that I stayed at with such amazing nurses and lactation consultants, et cetera. So I was able and they gave such good advice. She, you know, and let me tell you, like you let go of like all of your I'm probably one of the prudiest people ever. <laughs> um, you? No, no. Yeah, right. My sister joked when she it. was showing me her bathing suits and I was like, oh, no, 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 no. That's way, showing way too much when just the idea and concept of bathing suits is like you're in your underwear on the beach. But even still, I thought you should be a little bit more covered up. So it was really <laughs> hard for me to like, you know, be just like exposed. But something about just the amazing staff that was at this hospital that I felt just so comfortable with. Um, and, you know, she's filling up on me, telling me, you know, I, you know, at first it takes a little bit for your milk to come in, but she's like, you know, from, you know, her experience and from her examining me, she's like, you, you're not going to have a problem with producing milk, blah, blah, blah. Like it might just take a little bit of time, et cetera. This is what you can do. This is the stuff that comes out, the liquid gold before your actual milk comes out. It's still as good as the actual milk. She's like, she was just so intentive and was giving me great advice um, and she looked at me as if I was any, and it was just, I was any patient. I wasn't, you know, um, she didn't see my skin color or anything like that. She just saw like a woman, her productive system, her, you know, how her body works and was able to give me good advice. And I trusted her. And I think, you know, I was fortunate enough to have that experience and, and not, and not every woman is able to. So I don't even know if I answered your question, but. <laughs> no and I mean talk a little bit more about you know the the after you hit after the hospital um what was your experience now we come home and now we have to breastfeed in the wild oh yeah and I didn't even tell you like yeah so I had the lactation consultant like when our son came out he latched immediately it was amazing I'm thinking this is just going to be great it's going to be a you know walk in the park my research and everything you know thumbs up Fatima you did an amazing job um and then that same consultant or that same lactation nurse who was at the hospital you know who, who was telling me I have enough milk was giving me all these great advice 
you know, 24 hours into it, you know, our son had not latched again. He just fell asleep at the boob every single time, just passed right out. And she's like, this is normal. Um, she's like, but he's going to probably wake up tonight and he's going to be really, really hungry. And so she said sometimes to calm the baby down, like it's okay to give him a little bit of formula or else he just won't latch. He's just too hungry. He's too frustrated. And so I, you know, I listened to her. I'm like, yeah, okay. Like this is going to go just fine. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened that night. He just went crazy. He was just so upset, so hungry. And so I heard her say that to me um, and and I decided, yes, I'm going to give him a little bit of formula. Like, I think I trust her. She knows what she's talking about. You know, I did it. I was upset about it. But I knew it was the best decision that I could do for our son at that time. And I remember you calling me because I was not able to stay at the hospital. So I remember you calling me really late at night and on the verge of tears saying, I, I think I have to give him some formula. And I'm like, oh, that's OK, Fat. Like, that's OK. Do what you need to do and do what is best in this moment. Mm-hmm. I think that's important, too. So, like, obviously, and so that goes, you know, into my journey even outside the hospital where it's so important that you have, I'll talk about a little bit about the women in the lactation field, but even the support that you have at home is just super important. So, you know, you were super hands-on knew that this was something I wanted to focus on. So I don't think I changed a diaper in the first year of our son being born. That was all Brian, like changing every single diaper. And and even with my mom, I, you know, I told you, you know, she didn't breastfeed any of her children, but she was super supportive in my decision, like giving me such encouraging words, making sure, you know, whether it was stopping by a day or two um, to help cook or whatever it was, to, you know, relieve some stress and just encouraging, encouraging me was just super helpful. And I feel like that's not the situation that a lot of people are in, you know, the overgeneralization of just, you know, husbands and fathers in general, which I think is changing uh, more and more um, where we have more and more hands-on dads, but there are just some people like it's still, I think, very prevalent where there's not as many um so that puts a lot of stress on 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 women and new new moms and then you have you know the you know moms or grandmothers or aunts who are just like feed your baby a bottle like that baby hungry or you need to get some sleep or whatever or just not being as encouraging of you through your decision to breastfeed your baby and that's something that I I fortunately was not I didn't have to face I had a great support system at home Um, but even then when I got home, I was breastfeeding and then sometimes using the nipple shield, which, you know, is just, uh, uh, you know, kind of like a rubber nipple that you (laughs) rubber material that you put over your nipple that helps the baby to latch a little bit easier. That kind of mimics a little bit more of a bottle. Um, obviously a little bit smaller to, you know, um, fit the mold of a woman's nipple. <laughs> so um, I had used that because I, I wasn't super confident that I was actually latching him right. I um, So, you know, and I was just afraid that he wasn't consuming that much. So we called up and we found a lactation um, consultant specialist. And once again, I was fortunate enough actually to find a black woman 
who we had signed up for. I don't, I don't even think we were specifically looking for that, but just so happens, I think just the area that we're mm-hmm. in and we're, and we looked for the places, place that was the closest and she was the closest and she had amazing, amazing reviews. And so we went there and, um, she reassured me that I was doing, she had me show, uh, she showed me how to latch him properly, how to position my body, how to relax. Like she saw my, as I talk about relaxing, my shoulders are like up to my ears, how to relax my shoulders. She's like, uncross your legs, like relax your body, let your body do and produce and flow the milk. And she just, you know, she looked out for all the things that maybe she would have expected from a black woman trying to breastfeed her baby for the first time, how nerve wracking that is for any new mom, but specifically a black mo- a mother. Um, so she, she was amazing. She, then he, I was like, what's happening? He's, he's latching, he's drinking, you know, she, he comes off, she weighs him and she's like, she weighed him before I fed him. She weighed him after she's like, he's consuming, he's a healthy weight. He's consuming milk at the time that you're latching him. She's, she once again told me that it's okay to sometimes use the, the, the shield if you really just want to make sure he's feeding but she's like, I really don't think you need it. And so we did another follow-up appointment and she made herself available um, via email. So it was just an amazing experience. And then when I went to her, I think I only went to her twice because that's how good she was. I went to her again and she, you know, and she reassured me once again that I was doing the right thing. He was latching correctly. Um, I was having some issues where, you know, TMI, but one boob was producing more milk than the other. And she's like, that's normal because he's going to favor one side to the other. But try to switch. If he doesn't switch in the same feeding, make sure you switch him the other side. And or pump if you need to. But that might have issues with you oversupplying milk. Like, it was just really, really great advice. Once again, from someone who was, who looked like me, who I trusted, who gave great advice. Um, I, I I honestly can say that I had an, an amazing, it was hard, but I had an amazing support system through the beginning um, phase of my journey. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we're, we were both fortunate enough to work for companies that gave us an extended period of time off with pay. And not a lot of parents get that today. And so, you know, what do you, what, what's the support system in the workplace you think that new moms need? Yeah, I mean, maternity and paternity leave is something that is necessary across um, all fields of work. And I think we were fortunate enough to have those jobs where that is, you know, something and a benefit that's given. But do you think about the many jobs that black people have, um, black moms have, that is not a benefit that's given. And I looked up some, once again, to my little statistic, um, you know, research and 12 to 25% um, of Americans were offered a maternity leave. And this was data that was found in 2018. So obviously, you know, New York has, you know, that, uh, you know, maternity, paternity leave that's been offered and, and more states are slowly getting it. But I don't think we're even close to where we need to be. Um, at most, it's 50% now, and that would be generous, where we need to be at 100%. Like, every woman should be given that option to 
have a paid maternity leave where they're able to stay home with their baby so that they're able to give the attention needed in order to breastfeed. Because I was home, you know, um, you know, pretty much with my shirt off half the half the day, making sure I was making myself available um, and trying to latch our son and make sure he was being fed. And if you if you think about if, you know, if you know, you're not able to spend that time, you're going to default to going to the bottle because it's just an it's just an easier, quote unquote, easier um, option. Or it's really the, I shouldn't say easier. It's the only option you have to feed your baby. And then when you're going back to work, if you do decide you still want to give the benefit of the breast milk to your child, a lot of women don't have that benefit of having those nursing rooms so that they're able to pump. And I was fortunate enough that even through my journey of going back to work, I think, how long was I working still breastfeeding? Six, seven months, maybe, Mm -hmm. maybe more. Um, And I was able to pump to make sure my supply didn't go down to make sure I left milk when I had went home. I don't think I substituted until like the final month or so of actually um, deciding I was going to wean our son off. I did. I decide, okay, let me uh, let me decide to substitute because I don't think I'm producing enough. You had this amazing experience, but not a lot of black women have this opportunity. Yeah, and and this is why and this is why Black Breastfeeding Week is so important. I I own all those privileges that I had, and I would still tell people that this is such a hard thing to do when you decide to breastfeed your child. And then I think about okay, what could have made my experience even harder? And then what community of women um, are experiencing this a little bit more? And I think. It's black women. And so this is why it's so important. We need to normalize the breastfeeding in our community. We need to support and lift up every mother's decision um, and arm them with the necessary knowledge in order to make an informed decision, right? Whether bottle, you know, fed is best. So whether you want to breastfeed or bottle feed your your child, um, you know, you just want to feed your child. You want to make sure that they have the right things that they need. Um, but if you never knew or you don't if you're not able to actually make that decision because you're not provided all the resources in order to make that decision, I think that that is where we fail a lot of um, black women um, here. So I, I, I just wanted to shed some more light on my experience and um, and what we need to do to ensure that women have a similar experience. Right. And are able to uh, be provided all the privileges that I were I was provided. Breastfeeding is hard, but I think it's even harder for black women. That's all for this episode, but check out our website, lilliesandloafers.com, for cooking and DIY inspiration and more updates from our family. While You Are Napping is a Lilies and Loafers original podcast. It's hosted by me, Fatima. And me, Brian. Original music by Purple Planet. Thanks for listening. We'll see you soon.